Welcome back to the Strategic Imagination Sandbox, hosted by Learning Forte. I am Greg Klimovitz, Leadership and Community Development Consultant and Lead Convener for the Strategic Imagination Sandbox. We return for part two of episode two as we reflect on change and expansive hybridity as our collective reality with guest Jen James of Next Church and the CEO of Learning Forte, Stacy Williams Duncan. Well, welcome back, friends. Uh, this week, our conversation turns a bit towards not only the expansion of our learnings about hybridity and, and change, which is our collective reality, but also the integration with our real context for leading. So let's take a little bit of a deeper dive into some of your experiences, both Jen and Stacy, as you've navigated change. So I'm wondering if you both could share with us an experience in your leadership when you have navigated change. Uh, and even going into that, what were some of your greatest challenges? What were your points worth celebrating and even replicating? The obvious thing that comes to mind uh, is sort of our flagship or has been traditionally our flagship program at Next Church, which is the National Gathering, which is a conference, an annual conference that we have held uh, now 12 times, I believe. Uh, and it has brought together hundreds of leaders across the country um, to do some of these hard conversations, to have learnings. Um, you know, it is a traditional conference uh, in its purest form for those who have not heard of it. Obviously, we had to shift and change in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, we are, are 2020 conference was like March 3rd, 4th, and 5th of 2020. And we were like, at that moment, we were very concerned about having enough hand sanitizer for communion because we had heard of this thing that was out there. Uh, and so we got real lucky. Uh, the world sort of fell off the cliff, uh, you know, a couple days after that conference ended. But that meant we had to really make a shift for what we were gonna do in 2021, which was to move to a virtual conference. And then what were we gonna do in 2022? And, you know, we decided to do really a stripped down version of that. And taking that even further is that we have decided to not hold a national gathering in 2023. That organizationally, we're taking a pause to do some of our own recalibrating uh, and making space for that. And so that's a lot of organizational changes uh, for a flagship program. Uh, and I have been at the helm of that leadership. And even though change can be exhilarating and life-giving, it's also really exhausting that, you know, you sort of get into a rhythm of how you do things. And so to constantly be shifting that, how you do that, who you're pulling together to plan something or how you plan it. You know, I think the biggest challenge is that it takes energy uh, and that uh, there are these moments of like, oh, this is great. Yes, yes. You know, uh, it is still exhausting work. 
But I think in all of that, it's also the chance where you really get to build those muscles and really get clear about why you're doing this, what impact do you hope to have, what is its purpose, are we doing it just because we've always done it, and that can be exhausting too. Um, But it really, we are stronger on the other side of all of those conversations than we were when we started. I love that you named the pause. Um, Not enough organizations are willing to do that. And it's not like this is a small gathering. I mean, it's also a major revenue driver. Um, So there are costs to taking that pause. Um, I'm wondering uh, if you want to speak to that a little bit about how you navigated that cost of the pause as an intentional move in the midst of change. Yeah, it is probably the biggest risk this organization has ever taken. Uh, And internally, there was no other decision to be made. So it, in that way, was a blessing that there was only that option. We had to do that. And I think that, you know, that can be true of many churches that get to a point where you have to change isn't necessarily this thing you get to just choose, that sometimes it is the inevitable. And for our organization, there was no other option. If we wanted to grow into who we said we wanted to be, We had to make space for it. And, but that does come at huge risk. Uh, And some of that is what people think you are uh, and that disconnect of who you say you are and who people think you are. And are you the sum of your programs or are you the sum of your values and your mission. Mm, Wow. And I think that's hard for people to sort of lean into what that is uh, and to shift alongside of you uh, and how that lands. One of the things we really had to realize is when we announced that we were canceling or wasn't even planned, but that we were not going to have a 2023 national gathering that that meant there was a great sense of loss for some people, that this was the place where they could connect with colleagues. This was the place where they were fed every year. Um, And so there is a loss that happens, even in the midst of this is the right decision. Wow. Jen, I want to go back and just repeat this question you asked, because I think you asked one of the most powerful questions I've heard asked in a long time of leaders and organizations. Are you the sum of your programs or are you the sum of your values and mission? Wow, like, I mean, I I can't even begin to get my head around how I would answer that question in a moment for myself or for my congregation that I serve or for Learning Forte, but it is one of the most powerful questions I've heard asked in a long time. And I think it, 
is one that is so important for nonprofits and, you know, organizations that are part of any kind of faith-based community and congregations, because for a long time, we've been pushed to be our programs and to continue our programs because that, and even past pandemic, like when's that going to come back? And is it going to come back in the same way? And I think that this idea of being the sum of your values and mission, um, while being really honest about that that may mean letting go of a program or an event, um, is, is a challenge and one that has seemed so important. Um, so thank you for that, that question. And I'm sure that, that that discovery didn't come out of nowhere, Jen. I'm sure that that's come out of a lot of your own self-understandings and reflections and whatnot. And so I'm wondering uh, how you came to those understandings and even more so, how did your understanding of yourself as a leader um, impact your navigation through change. When we first started talking, I mentioned that uh, one of the things that I really hold, or uh, ironically, is to hold things loosely. Uh, that, and maybe that is part of stewardship uh, and stewarding. That we are given these organisms, whether it's a church or an organization um to best steward and i think one of um one of the ways i would define my leadership is as a facilitator which is i always say it's the grease in the wheel and so it's really sort of letting that control go and listening over and over uh, to people, uh, people who are impacted by your decisions, people who are mentors, people who are wise in the system, uh, and really helping people to come to those decisions, not because it's what I think should happen, but because we're faithfully trying to discern and steward these resources in a way that leads to impactful change. And so the final question that we're gonna kind of throw into the mix here is it is clear that you are a person of faith. <laughs> the folks that are uh, in this sandbox come from all different spaces in the faith journey, faith pilgrimage. Um, we as a company are the same way. Um, and I'm wondering here in light of all that you've shared about how you've navigated change specifically in your own context and whatnot, uh, how your theology has shaped your re relationship to leading in the midst of change. And even in this, in terms of what you've called this expansive inclusivity. Yeah. Uh, one of the gifts of working at next church is getting to be on the balcony a lot. And when you're in a church on the ground, it can really be about the programs and the church model that drives so much of what we do. And so for me, I've had the privilege to hold some things loosely. And I really want to name that privilege because I'm not on the ground in a local congregation 
that sort of has a tighter local thing that's at stake. But for me, I have never felt closer to God than when I have been able to let go of that programmatic piece and work towards the kingdom or the kingdom, however you name it, uh, that there's this wholeness that we are working towards, a shalom. Mm. And that feels like the clearest impact that is a part of our tradition. Uh, and to have that, that clarity, everything falls in line when you can think that big, that is this a realization of the kingdom? or not. And then the freedom to constantly recalibrate, uh, even with all of those challenges and risks, uh, the, the end goal feels so clear that shalom and wholeness is the point. Wow. Shalom and wholeness is the point. I love that that I know something deeply about you, Jen, by you saying that. I often say that, um, if you listen to someone preach on a regular basis, or I think what I would extend this to say lead or facilitate meetings on a regular basis, you should know deeply what are their core theologies. And that is a gift to know that about you. Um, I think that for me, the values work in relationship to thinking about change has also led for me to be really clear about that my call is to remind people that God wants to be co-creative with us and that we are most able to be co-creative with God when we do that collectively together. And so I think that holding on to that has helped me um, understand some of the both good and painful impacts of what that might mean and how leading through change might um, require me as a leader to be honest about that. I appreciate so much you sharing the stories of Next Church's um, navigation of the change that wasn't really chosen. It's not like you had an equal choice to have a conference and not have a conference. And I think for me that speaks to um, reconciling a piece of the reconciling our relationship to change, which is that we don't always get to choose it. And yet we do always get to choose how we move through it. And that's what I really heard clearly um, from you today. And I appreciate you sharing with us. Well, once again, Jen and Stacy, uh, always a gift to hear from you both as we talk about expanding and integrating our, our learnings in real spaces and real contexts where we're leading. So until next time, uh, keep sandboxing friends. We hope this second part of episode two of the podcast has been a gift to you as you consider your own relationship to change, leading in the midst of it, and expanding your understanding and incarnation of hybridity in your spaces for pursuing the common good. As you continue to move through the content, engage one another on the community discussion boards, and reflect on your own context for leadership, may your imagination be stretched and your values shaped for the vital work each of you do. Until next time, keep sandboxing.